0: man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 11.06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are a man. Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that have in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us, because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts... Because we want you to be informed and inspired so you can help us build a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Mr. Most Connected Man in Washington. Hey, Herman,
1: how you doing? I'm good. You know, sometimes, Herman, we have some lighter moments up here on Capitol Hill. You mean really? Some interesting minutes, yes. (laughs) And every once in a while we get uh, demonstrators who interrupt proceedings in congressional hearings. There's a lot of Code Pink yeah. protesters who hang out up here. And uh, it happened today in the Senate Armed Services Committee where former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger was testifying today. Yeah. Uh, he got interrupted, and it more than aggravated Senator John McCain. Let me play you a little snippet of what went on this morning. Yeah, You know, you're going to have to shut up, or I'm going to have you arrested if we can't get the Capitol Hill police in here. Immediately. Now they're taking him out. Get out of here, you low-life scum. <laughs> that's
0: what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's uh, Senator John McCain today in the uh, Senate Armed Services Committee. Of course, I'm immediately uh, trying to figure out how
0: to make that my, uh, my ringtone on my phone or something like that. All right. I think a lot of people want to ringtone, let like you low life scum. Exactly. That's the only part that you need. What was, what were they protesting about?
1: Uh, I think uh, still talking about uh, that they wanted him, uh, him Kissinger, arrested for war crimes dealing with Cambodia and the Vietnam War. You're
0: now, how about that for me.
1: taking one back. Yeah. Now Kissinger is in his 80s. Oh, at least I think he might even be closer to 90. Yeah. How futile. Hey, you know, um, beauty of this country, you can protest on anything at any time, anywhere, anytime you want. Yeah, but you don't have
0: the right to go interrupt a formal... Session of Congress where they're trying to do the people's business. They're there's a, there's a little area where you walk back from the Capitol
1: underground to the Russell Office Building, one of the closest one to the Congress, and it's a it's a public area inside that. You can't uh, you can't get to the building to the Capitol building through there unless you have the proper ID. But the code pink protesters sometimes hang out right there because they know they'll see a lot of senators. Yeah. and they sort of uh, raz them as they go by on a variety of things. So yeah, it's uh, amazing. And sometimes the same thing happens outside on the plaza. Sometimes, you know, members of Congress will be walking out there. They'll get harangued by people who are just sort of professional demonstrators up there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, you know, the same
0: thing happens around WSB when I you <laughs> when know, you, leave. And when you go to work, you know, we we got razzed, the, What do you but, call yeah. it? The pink whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Shady B be I get harassed on a regular basis, there you, you know. <laughs> now, let me go back and divert back to Kissinger for just a moment. It reminded me that when I was running for president, I had the honor... Of having breakfast with Dr. Kissinger. And my impression of him was one, one of the most perceptive individuals I have ever met. Uh, And if you thought he got a lot said in a few words when he was in front of the camera, have breakfast with him. It was the same thing. One of the most impressive. Uh, individuals I've ever had the opportunity to sit down and meet with, so he's a... Uh, he's, uh, he's 91, I just took 91. a quick check. So, yeah. i got to tell you. I was, I, I was just thoroughly honored and impressed and we had a great breakfast and great conversation. Alright. Alright, in terms of news up here, it looks like we're going to
1: have a final vote uh, this afternoon, late this afternoon on the Keystone XL oil pipeline bill in the Senate. Uh, I think uh, enough Democrats have been satisfied that Republicans have allowed votes on enough amendments on the Senate floor. This debate will have stretched almost a full three weeks, and so they'll get that passed later today. The only question then is, will the House just accept some of the minor changes that were made to the bill by the Senate and then send it on to the President, or will we have some negotiation? I figure what the House will do is just accept the Senate bill, kick it on down to the White House, and have the President veto it. Yeah. So that'll get wrapped up today, and then the next thing that's going to come up...
0: Now, be- before you go leave ahead. that, they expect to have enough votes to to end filibuster, but not enough to be vetoed. Not enough to override a veto. You're absolutely right. I think that's going to be the
1: situation in both the House and Senate, where you will have a bipartisan vote. I would think in the Senate you might be able to get up to 63 or 64 senators voting for it, but you need 67 for a veto override. You need 290 in the House, and the GOP will be short on that, though they will have, obviously, Democratic supporters. So it's, uh, it's a question of, then, do you try again in a different way? Do you put together. You know, here's, here's the other thing. You say, well, keep on sending the bills down there to make the president veto them. I mean, think about this. They started debate on this bill on January 9th. Yeah. It is now January the 29th. I mean, it, it just, it's a reminder of how long it can take to do these things. And, and then you sort of think to yourself, do you really want to spend that much time working on a bill that is going to be vetoed? How many times do you want to do that? And you know, that, that, that figures into part of this. Now, th- then we move on to the issue of, okay, well, what's next? Senator McConnell has said he's going to bring up the, the, the Department of Homeland Security funding bill that then also has the restrictions on those executive actions by the president. Right. The Democrats have decided, I, and I, frankly, I think this is what they're going to do on a regular basis this year. They're, they're going to filibuster that plan before it can even officially get to the floor. They're going to filibuster the motion to just begin debate, is what I'm hearing. And so that means that they won't, they, the Republicans, won't even be able to bring the bill up. It's not a question of oh, you defeated my amendments or you didn't like the bill, they're just not even going to be able to get it up to the Senate floor because the Democrats are going to uh, block it. I think what maybe the emerging kind of strategy that I'm seeing from the Democrats, I think, is going to be they'll block as many things as they can in the Senate, Herman, rather than have the bills get down to the White House and have the president veto them. They'll act as sort of a, uh, you know, to weed out a lot of those things and not, not force the president into being uh, Dr. Vito or anything like that. So that's what we're hearing right now is that the Democrats may just totally block this plan from Republicans on immigration, which then raises the question of, okay, well, if you've got to get that done by the end of February, then what's next? If the, if the Democrats do block that next week, what should the Republicans come back on it with? So uh, they're going to have to figure out
0: what their next move is as well. I wish there were more stories being written in the media about this blockage strategy that they're in. Already employed. Well,
1: remember, you've—I mean, we've—we've we've written about it earlier this week. They had their first successful filibuster. The Democrats did. Yeah. So, you know, you'll hear about it when they take this vote next week as well. And I don't think it should surprise anybody. Just as Republicans block stuff, Democrats will too. Now that they're in the minority, but I always enjoy watching the the party that that just criticized filibusters and delaying tactics now embracing them like they're the greatest things since sliced bread.
0: Right. Right. Seems like uh, Lorena. Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General nominee is going to go through smooth
1: Yeah, you know, look, I I think she she was a very effective witness yesterday. Frankly, Herman, she seemed to be very much at ease with being in the political arena yesterday. Uh, uh, Senators were, look, I I think a number of Republicans didn't like her answers. They liked her, but Senator Grassley opened up day two of the hearings today by saying that he felt like she gave a lot of indirect answers. Mm. Uh, But I'm not sure they're going to get her to get down in the details of a lot of things. She sidestepped a number of questions about uh, detailed items related to the president's uh, views on executive actions on immigration and more. But for a number of Republicans, there was one thing that, that I'm sure they liked, and that is she was not Eric Holder, or it did not seem like she was going to be the next Eric Holder. And uh, at this point in time, I'd have to bet that, you know, it might take a few weeks, but by the end of the month, later, uh, end of February or so, that she'll be confirmed by the Senate. There will be Republicans who vote against her just because I think. That's sorta of normal. Yeah. But I, I don't sense anything right now that would derail her nomination.
0: Very good. Um oh. It's estimated that 6 million Americans are going to owe tax penalties for not having health insurance?
1: Yep, that's the word. You know, this is the wow. uh, the whole thing with the Obama health law and the individual mandate. Yesterday, officials at the Treasury Department telling reporters on a conference call that they think that probably 6 million people, when you get your tax forms uh, in, in coming weeks, for last year, for 2014. So you're doing your taxes. There's going to be a new box, evidently, that says, you know, did you have health insurance coverage in 2014? And if you did not then you may owe up to 1% of your income as a tax penalty, part of the whole Obama health law. Right. It was so controversial. Yep. The, the Congressional Budget Office earlier this week said that it, it estimated that about $2 billion would be brought in this year by those individual mandate penalties. So you can do the math, 6 million people uh, sending in uh, $2 billion total. And the thing is, I think most of these penalties will hit. I mean, think about it. Most people get their insurance through their job, so they're not really going to be subject to this. It's the people who've either lost their job, been unemployed or self-employed, or maybe just sort of, you know, in between. They're the ones, unfortunately, who are already probably in sort of financial stress. Who are then going to maybe owe Uncle Sam even more, or so,
0: someone who lost that insurance? Well, because the they yeah. can't
1: afford it. Yeah, well, that's that's what I meant by financial yeah. stress. Exactly, that they made that choice that uh, that they just didn't have the money to do that. So. I'll be interested to see the final figures on how they shake out. I was looking at the numbers from the Congressional Budget Office over the next 10 years, and their estimate was that it would it would sort of creep up over the years from $2 billion a year to about $5 billion a year in terms of the number of people who would decide to pay the penalty
0: rather than uh, buy health insurance coverage. That is ridiculous. Now, uh, Speaker Boehner, oh, by the way, how will people... Uh, j- verify, or how would the IRS verify that you check yes or no, whether it's yes or no?
1: Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I mean, that that came to my mind immediately. That couldn't you just check yes and yeah. everything's fine? With the certainly with the talk that we've heard about the IRS being stretched for resources and their ability to to uh, figure out, uh, you know, audits and more. I would bet that some people who didn't have it might just check the yes box and just
0: move on from there. I know what they're going to do, but I'm not going to say it because maybe they haven't thought of it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one other quick question. Speaker Boehner said that they are working on an alternative to Obamacare. Have any of the members said... Timing-wise, about when they expect to have that alternative on the table? Uh, no. no okay. Listen,
1: I mean, remember, it was about this time last year they talked about, oh, we're going to get an alternative out there. Yeah. I mean, don't take this as a slam against the GOP. It's not. I just think that it's, it's just the situation of the health system. There is no easy, quote-unquote, fix for... Right repealing and replacing the health law. There's lots of ideas out there. You and I have discussed this a number of times. It's not that the Republicans are short on ideas, but they don't agree on one thing. I mean, just look at their disagreements recently on immigration and on abortion and uh, the leadership of their party and more. They're of many views. And I would bet that there are a lot of views on – if you sat everybody down in a room, whether it's uh, Senate Republicans or House Republicans and said, come on, uh, people, let's put together a plan, I'm not sure they'd come up with one really quick. And so that's where we are now. We'll have another repeal vote next week in the House. But as for replacing the system – Nothing coming from Republicans at this point in time in terms of a plan that they could bring to the floor of either the House and Senate and vote on.
0: It's not going to be quick, that's for sure. I don't think so, Herman. Thanks, Jamie. See you tomorrow, buddy. You're listening to the Herman Kane Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Kane brings it to you every day on the radio and at HermanKane.com. Coming up, rapid fire at 877-310-2100.